You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I am so glad you're joining us today. My special guest today is author and writer Sue Halpern. And Sue's going to be talking to us today about her recently released book, A Dog Walks Into a Nursing Home, Lessons in the Good Life from an Unlikely Teacher. So a fascinating book, great book, so we're going to talk to Sue a little bit about that, as well as a little bit about her writing styles and some of the things that she does. So it's going to be a great interview by Hank Tite. We'll come right back after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link. And joining me now is author and writer Sue Halpern. Sue, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. So tell us a little bit about the uh, latest book, A Dog Walks Into a Nursing Home. Well, it's about the experiences that I've had over the last couple of years with my dog, Pransky, who's a Labradoodle. And we are a certified therapy dog team. And uh, we spend a fair amount of time hanging out at a local public nursing home. And, and that's what I wrote about. Now, the uh, therapy program before uh, Pransky came into your life, was this something you had planned? You went out and found the right dog to put in a therapy program, or did it just so happen to uh, work out that way? I did not go out and plan it. This is one of these dogs who, who just emanated the kind of kindness that you'd want to see in a therapy dog. And she had all the great behavioral attributes of a therapy dog just innately. And so she just seemed like the kind of dog that you'd want to train to put in that situation. And I know with uh, dealing with uh, therapy dogs, there's a lot of different therapy dogs and a lot of uh, programs they can enter, uh, the nursing home programs, children reading programs, socialization for children. How did you go about uh, determining that Pransky's skills and what your uh, desire was is to go into to nursing homes and, and share the love? Well, I had written a book prior to this book about memory loss. And so I spent a fair amount of time in hospitals and in memory clinics and memory care facilities. And I personally felt like that would be a good good place to be, just for me. And I also thought my dog would thrive in that setting. As it turned out, the memory unit of this nursing home already had some animals visiting and they needed a therapy team to go into the general population. So it was sort of by default that we ended up there, but I'm, I'm actually quite glad that we did. And, and in the process, we also ended up working with the memory care unit residents as well. So it it kind of expanded our scope more than I had envisioned, but it turned out to be great. 
There you go. So how many days a week do you get a chance to go in there? Well, typically we're there once a week for the morning, and then we go in at special occasions, like there's an annual picnic in the summer, and there's twice a year there's wheelchair square dances, and there are pumpkin parties, and there are just all these things that happen there, and we'll show up just because those are fun things to do. But our regular time is, is Tuesday morning. And do you find the residents sitting and waiting patiently for Pransky to arrive, or is it always a, a new uh, thrill for them? They are actually sometimes sitting right by the door um, <laughs> waiting for us, and we're the treats. And sometimes if we're late, we'll get there and someone will say, you know, it's 10.15, where were you? <laughs> so I would say on almost every day, every day that we go there, there's at least one person waiting for us in the entryway. And then, of course, people are waiting for us all around the facility just because there's a calendar that comes out every day, and on Tuesdays, we're at the top of it. So tell me a little bit about Pransky, the star of the book. How did she come into your life, and uh, what does she think about all this? Well, I'd just like to say that she's very excited about all of this, except right now she's fast asleep on her bed. So, you know, I can speak for her. It's tiring being a superstar. You know that, Sue. I know, it is. You know, the Today Show was here all last week, and, you know, it just exhausted her. She was she was quite good, by the way. She was a really, really good uh, dog actor. I think she's going to give Uggy a run for his money. <laughs> but she sort of came into our lives in a very strange way, and not a very happy way. We had another dog, a dog who had a death wish, kept on getting into like the most the strangest trouble such that I think she ended up at the dog emergency room about four times oh, on the brink of death and then she was actually run over in our own driveway and this was very traumatic for our family and I called the woman we've gotten her from and told her the situation and she said do you want a dog like today <laughs> like, no, not really. You know, I'm just getting over this one. And she said, well, I have a dog, and its owners couldn't, the people who were supposed to take it couldn't take it because it turns out she's going to be a shedder, and these are people with allergies. And um, if you want the dog, come get her, you know, tomorrow. So just kind of by accident, we, we did. And it turned out to be this little eight-pound bundle of happiness. And um, even from the very beginning, she was just the most wonderful, sweet, obedient you know, little animal. Yeah, I love how those things, there's no such thing as coincidences. So uh, when you uh, picked her up, did you have any idea of the journey you guys were about to take together? Absolutely not. I mean, really, I was not that happy. I mean, I was thrilled to have a puppy, but I was also still really sad about our other dog. And and so I just didn't know what was going to happen. But it was really clear very, very early on that she was incredibly smart just incredibly smart. I mean, she picked up words so fast and she picked up commands really fast and gestures really fast. So even from, you know, day one, it was very, very obvious that this was a, a really, really special dog. And as a writer, what trigger point, at what point did you say, hmm, I bet you this would make a great book? Well, we had been at the nursing home for at least a year. And the whole time I was there, I was thinking, you know, there must be a story here. What's the story? And I just kept on wondering that and asking myself that until I kind of figured it out. But it took quite a while, and I wasn't sure I was ever really going to get there. And, and it didn't matter to me because I didn't go there to write a book. I went there to do this work with my dog and to have this experience. And, you know, the book is sort of icing on the cake just because it wasn't the purpose of our participation. And, you know, we, we're still going. Someone interviewed me and, and said, so do you still go to the nursing home? Like, do you, or maybe he said, do you still see those people? And I was like, well, yes, I see them every week because why would we stop going there? I mean, we went there. I didn't go there to write a book. I went there to have this experience with my dog. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I would hazard to say, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it's really become part of a, a family. You know, they're looking forward to seeing uh, seeing you and Pransky come through the door, and I'm sure you guys are excited to see them as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I hadn't really thought a whole lot about nursing homes before we started spending a lot of time there, and you know, nursing homes have kind of a bad rap, and people mm-hmm. are, they make people uncomfortable and nervous and all of that, and they did that for me as well. But, you know, I've just come to see them as this is where people live at the end of their lives. I mean, it's a place that they live. It's not it's not really much more than that. And and as such, you know, they welcome us into their home and we become friends with them and they with us. And, you know, they know stuff about us and we know things about them. I mean, it's it's really no different from knowing your neighbors. It's just, you know, in this case, some of your neighbors are very old and somewhat infirm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, my parents, uh, they spent the uh, latter part of their years in a nursing care facility after my mom had a, a major stroke and my dad had always had heart problems. And I always said it was a great place. I loved the energy of the people. They always look forward to activities. And to me, I think it actually extended their life uh, by a number of years just by, by being active and being part of that positive energy. Yeah, I mean, that's what's sort of interesting uh, for me being there as well is there is a lot going on. I mean, not super, super, super energetic, but there's a ton of stuff going on and enough that everyone, I think, has has things to think about and do. And, and I think, you know, adding a dog into that mix just spices it up that much more and it gives people something to look forward to. It orients them in time. You know, it, it gives them this opportunity to, to touch and be touched. And I do think that for a lot of people, it, it, it is the absolute best situation that they can land in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know my father, he was very uh, very quiet guy, wasn't really active in the community until he got to the uh, to the nursing home. And uh, for him, if it was bingo hour or uh, the local puppy or zoo animal was coming for a visit, you weren't invited. You had to wait because uh-huh. <laughs> they always got first, di- you know, that always got first dibs and then the kids could come in for a visit. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. So with Pransky, I know it's hard to say and you guys still are on this journey together and doing some great work, but what would you say the biggest impact or, or most important lesson Pransky has, uh, has taught you so far? The most important thing that she shows me pretty much every single time we're there is that to accept people for who they are and not for what they are. So when people, when we tend to, when we look at old people and people in nursing homes or hospitals or places like that, we tend to see, you know, all the things that that they have wrong with them, you know, whether it's that you know, they're paralyzed because they've had a stroke or, you know, or similarly, they you know have trouble talking because they have a stroke or they have had, you know, an amputation because they have diabetes or whatever it is, or anything that's wrong, you know, the very thing that's landed them into this situation, that's what we tend to see. And the dog could care less about any of that. She mm-hmm. just sees them as people. She sees them as potential friends. She also sees them as potential people to give her treats. <laughs> but she, you know, she just shows that the best thing to do is just to accept people as they are and not sort of think about all the things that they're not. And that's how life should be, shouldn't it? It is. Absolutely. We'll continue our conversation after a brief break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dog Shelter Blues, the new novel by Mark Conkling. This hard-hitting story lights up the world of animal rescue with engaging characters and their pets, struggling with their own internal demons as they attempt to rescue innocent creatures that sometimes bring a mysterious transforming power to broken lives. 
Read the first chapter of Dog Shelter Blues free at dogshelterblues.com and come along a breathtaking journey that ends with an astonishing triumph of good over evil. Order your copy of Dog Shelter Blues today. Available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. We're talking to uh, author and writer uh, Sue Halpern about her latest book, A Dog Walks Into a Nursing Home. Now, Sue, how did you determine, uh, you've got all these great stories. I'm sure there's wonderful things to share, but how do you determine as a, an author and writer which stories to include in a book and, and what would make it the most cohesive read? Well, you know, that's a really good question, particularly for, for this sort of book. I didn't want to write a book that was just a collection of anecdotes um, because I wasn't sure they would be that ultimately that interesting or even that instructive. And so one of the things that occurred to me as I was thinking about how I was going to write this book or if I was going to write a book about this experience was I just kept on asking myself, what am I learning here? And and eventually all of these ideas and stories sort of collected themselves in a particular way. And I realized that you can't be in a situation like a nursing home where people are dying and people are sick and people at the end of their life. You can't be in that situation and not ask yourself sort of the big questions you know, the meaning of life questions, mm-hmm. right. even though, you know, they don't present themselves as the meaning of life questions or anything like that. But it just seemed to me that at a certain point, a lot of the things I was seeing and the anecdotes I was collecting and the conversations I was having were all sort of falling in this rubric of the seven virtues, you know, love, hope, charity, faith, you know, restraint, fortitude, prudence, and 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 so for me, that became the kind of organizing principle of the book, and and that made it much easier to figure out sort of which stories were relevant and which stories were not. 
And I loved how you put that together. I mean, because you're you're right. I mean, when you're writing a book like this, you hope it touches someone. Hope it provides you know fun, laughter, heartfelt, whatever it may be. But a lot of the stories are personal stories that you may think are heartfelt, and someone else may think, eh, yeah, not so much. Exactly. I mean, the good news is when you have a dog in, <laughs> as your protagonist, pretty much everyone's going to be interested in what's happening, just because people are oddly enough more interested in their animals than they are in their people. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, I had that going for me from day one, which is great. And um, my dog's really, really cute. So that, that off, of course, helps. But yeah, I mean, you just, you have to say, you know, who will care about this anecdote? Who, what is, you know, what is the story, this particular story, this thing that happened to us on a particular day? What does that mean to anyone else other than us? So those were questions that were going through my mind. Yeah, you did a great job, and I love how you organized that. So big kudos on that. Thank you. So our, our readers will pick up a copy of the book, and they'll read through it. And as the author of the book, what would you like the readers to walk away with? Is there one thing you'd like for to them to get out of the book? Well, that is a really hard question. It's totally <laughs> unfair. <laughs> I don't actually think it's, there's one thing. But, you know, it's part, of, part of it is that it doesn't take very much to make a difference in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dog, Pransky, and I don't spend, you know, the majority of our time at the nursing home. We spend a fair amount of time there every week, but nothing that would, in, you know, kind of interfere with our, the rest of our life or our lives together. And, and yet it, it has such a huge impact on the people who we visit. And, and that's just something for people who have the capacity to go spend a little time in a nursing home with their dog, or maybe just, you know, do it without the dog, but especially with the dog. It's not that hard. It doesn't take that much energy or, you know, foresight or anything to do this work. And yet it has a huge impact. And it also, I think, is great for the dog. The dog gets a lot out of being there. And so it's sort of win, win, win all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's a good point when you're talking about, you know, the dog at Pransky in particular here and the fact that they do get a lot out of it. You know, it's, it's more than just showing up and wagging your tail and getting treats, which that's great. But, <laughs> but that's the best. That's the number one on the list. We start there. But also that, that human interaction, that, that mental stimulation. And when people... I use the word energy a lot, as you can tell. So when people's energy is positive and they're feeling good about things and you are feeling good about everything, that blends off or feeds off with Pransky as well, and Pransky feels it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she um, she's incredibly attentive when she's at the nursing home. She's also very, you know, she has a lot of empathy, and she's really intuitive. She figures out a lot of stuff about how to behave and what to do in a particular situation with people who, you know, do have deficits and or who may, you know, be at the end of their life directly. She figures these things out. And I do think, you know, just in terms of mental stimulation, that's kind of incredible. And I think emotionally she gets a lot out of it. And and yes, there are people at the nursing home who spend their money on milk bones. <laughs> How can we not? How can we not? Exactly. So Sue, in addition to this book and other books you've published, you're also a, an accomplished writer and written many, many articles as well. Can you tell me a little bit about the writing process? How is writing a book and putting together a collection of stories and uh, everything into the book compared to writing an article or getting something out there of that sort? So writing a book is sort of, you know, running a marathon. That's what it seems like to me. You know, it's a, it's a long, sloggy process. You know, for me, it was spending a couple of years at the nursing home not writing anything, but just taking notes, leaving the place and, and writing stuff down about conversations or 
things I was thinking about when I was there, things people were doing, that kind of thing. Um, and then at a certain point, a couple of years later, as I sort of figured out how I was going to structure the book, then sort of organizing the book and then writing. So it's just, it's a very long process and it requires a fair amount of patience. Whereas writing an article typically, you know, is a fairly short term proposition. I mean, I've written for the New Yorker that takes a long time, but mm-hmm. typically, you know, maybe a couple of weeks or a month on a story in which you kind of parachute yourself in, you do a lot of reporting, you talk to all the relevant people, you do all the reading, you know, you, you figure out kind of what the stuff of the story is going to be, you know, you do all that, you get back home or to your desk, wherever your desk is, you look at the material and you just sit down and you knock it out. With a book, there's no knocking it out. There's just the kind of daily sitting there and doing the work until it gets done. And that can be exciting and it can also be excruciating. (laughs) Yes, when you finally get to the end of the marathon and realize you can't break the tape because your editor is sending it back to you for (laughs) the fifth remake. (laughs) Exactly. But I always find the challenge of writing articles. I, you know, I totally agree with you. You know, it's it's you gather the information, you you put it together, and you get it out there. But wouldn't you say it's a challenge with writing articles on how to consolidate all the information you gathered and how to find the bits, the tiny bits that are most impactful compared well, to writing a book where you have a lot more room to to massage it a little bit. That's a good point. Yeah, you have to be much more concise. I think I'm a, I actually am a very concise writer no matter what I'm doing. I'm not one of those people that just has a lot of stuff in there. But yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I mean, the challenge of writing an article is, you know, you have so much information and of course you've spent all your time gathering it so you think all of it is important. And so it's a little bit like editing a movie where, you know, there are great scenes that have to end up on the cutting room floor. Well, that's the same thing as writing writing an article, less so for writing a book where you do have a lot more breathing room and it's a lot airier. And so, yeah, you don't, you don't have to do that as much. With the book, it's more figuring out all the little sort of nooks and crannies you have to find yourself in as you work your way to the end. Uh, with an article, it's, you know, you know where you need to end, so you just have to get there. That's right. That's right. So both present their fair share of challenges, but both are very equally rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. The nice thing about an article is you write it and it's done and then you see it in print, you know, relatively quickly. Whereas a book, you know, you might be writing for a couple of years, then it takes another year for it to get published. And it's just, you know, sometimes you wonder, is this really happening? Yeah, it is a challenge, and I think one of the things I find with you know with publishing a book is the fact that by the time it actually hits the stands, when you're out there getting ready to promote it, I hate to say it, but you got to go back and reread your work one more time because I did, probably, actually. Yeah, yeah. there you go, you're yeah, off on another project. Yeah, I and mean, it was really funny. It's like, did I say that? That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Well, it's always better to do that before you get into the interview when the, uh, you know, someone actually read your material and said, you know, chapter oh, I know. and you're like, I know. Uh. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, having written a book with a dog in it, I made her read the book too. So um, I have a backup. All right. Well, Sue, tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and Pransky, the book, and all the, all the wonderful stuff that you do. Well, I think they should go to my website, which is suehalpern.com or suehalpern.net. And on that website, not only will they find out more about me and how to get the book and all of that, but they will find a Q&A with Pransky, which is very valuable, I think. And because I believe I taught her how to say, I love you, there is a tape, there's a little video with Pransky saying, I love you, on my website, 
Some people dispute that that's what she's saying, but I think if you listen carefully, you will see that I am correct, and that is what there she you, says. There you go. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Definitely, uh, everybody check that out. Everybody go to uh, suehalpern.com and check out the video. Check out all the wonderful work that Sue does and uh, get a copy of the book. You won't be disappointed. The book is A Dog Walks Into a Nursing Home, Lessons in the Good Life from an Unlikely Teacher. Sue, thanks so much for uh, being on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck with everything. We'll keep in touch. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thank you to our sponsors and producers for making the show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and other guests that I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories of my blog, you can go to Pet Life Radio, petliferadio.com, and click on the Animal Rights icon. Download the episodes you want to listen to, which should be all of them, of course. And while you're there, check out all the other wonderful uh, posts that we have, wonderful shows on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. It's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. And I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the authors, writers, and bloggers you want to hear from the most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.